0: You know, more than one hundred million Americans experience various type of allergies every year, and I am one of those people. Now, with preventative measures and treatment, people can find ways to lessen or even eliminate bothersome symptoms. We always learn valuable information when we talk. To Dr. Nancy Fitch. She is an emergency physician with MedExpress Urgent Care, and she's going to discuss important information about seasonal allergies and how to manage them. Always great to talk to you, Dr. Fitch.
1: Thanks so much for having
0: me, Bo. Missed you. Yeah, it's, it's been a been while. A while. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so tell us, with allergies, there's many out there that have to deal with them, but what are the causes of seasonal allergies?
1: So the biggest cause of seasonal allergies is the pollen and the different substances flying through the air. So we always listen to the pollen count, and you hear that it's high. And someone asked me the last time, and I didn't look it up. I don't know what's considered a high number, just that I see it go wonky colors on my app. Yeah. But it's the pollen that flies through the air, different things that are coming into bloom. Yeah. This year's going to be a bad
0: year. Right. Oh, and it is already, let me tell you, because I have felt it for a couple days now, the symptoms. Very important to realize these allergy symptoms, and I'm sure sometimes some people might get these symptoms confused and think that they have some other type of ailment. How do we know for sure?
1: Well, it can be difficult. I have to say that the vast majority of people that I see coming into my clinic that are actually sick, either with the common cold or when COVID or the flu, they all say to me, I thought it was just my allergies. Mm-hmm. It does. It starts off very similar. It's the runny nose. It's the nasal congestion, the post-nasal drip, the dry, hacky cough from the post-nasal drip, the itchy, watery eyes. That's that mine. Feeling.
0: That's it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: it all starts very similar to the common cold. The trick is to realize that this happens to you every year at this time of year.
0: Yeah. This
1: is your quote-unquote, season, which is why they call it seasonal allergy. So it's paying attention to the symptoms that you get and when you get them.
0: Yeah. So paying attention is very important, and I'm sure that there are some preventative measures that we can do to help us out. What are some of these things that perhaps those of us who are affected by allergies, what can we do?
1: Well, obviously, the first one is to try and avoid them, Mm -hmm. which at this time of year, we've been locked up all winter long. This winter was a mild winter which did play into the allergy season, by the way, but Mm -hmm. it was a mild winter, and we all just want to get out. We don't want to be penned up inside, but if you have really bad seasonal allergies, this could also be a season when you have to be penned up as well. Mm -hmm. It's avoiding it. Mm
0: -hmm. That's
1: one cause, one way you can do for the symptoms, but it's not something we all want to do. The other one is to start and have medications on hand that you can start using to help you with the symptoms. Some of them work best if they are started a week or two before your season typically starts. Right. So, having those on hand and getting them going is is not a bad thing, and then obviously talking to your doctor for other options.
0: You know, an issue that I have is it seems to me that there's no rhyme or reason as to when it hits, there's no consistency. Is that no. common?
1: You know, I think the the biggest article that came out this year was that this was gonna be an early season, it was gonna be a bad season, and I live out in Northeast PA in just outside of Scranton, which was actually listed in the one article in the Washington Post as the third worst city for seasonal allergies. Oh, wow. And I'm like, Oh man, yeah, that's great. Right. I suffer too, but not as bad as I used to. So the article did point out that because we had such an unseasonably warm winter, Mm -hmm. those days of heat that were over a certain temperature, those trees and grasses collected that heat and it sped up their cycle. So that's why the season hit earlier than usual. So I think you'll notice that when we have these milder winters where we have a lot of warm-ups in January and February, which it seems like that's happening more and more. Right. There are times when we have nicer weather in February than we do in April. Yes. That those tend to speed up the season.
0: It's bizarre, because here we start off May with snowfall in our area <laughs> a couple of days. You know, we certainly yep. didn't didn't expect that at all. And you're absolutely right. We had an incredibly mild February and March, and, and I think... That's been a big cause of the issues that I have.
1: Yeah, no, I agree.
0: Dr. Nancy Fitch uh, joining us. uh, She's an emergency physician with MedExpress Urgent Care. And interesting, you know, to follow up with what we're talking about here, I didn't develop allergies until I swear to you that I was well in my 40s. Never had an issue before, and it seems to get consistently worse. That's why I'm interested or curious what you stated about how it's gotten a little bit better for you. Again, talking about that consistency thing. Is it unique what I've experienced of not having allergies until I'm in my mid-40s, and now all of a sudden, wow, every year there's an issue?
1: No, I think the main reason we do develop allergies is the body being exposed over and over again. It's the sensitization. Mm-hmm. So, you know, early on your immune system is young and it's like, all right, I'll, I'll deal with this this time, but present it to me again and I'm not going to be happy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that seems
1: to be a more standard. I think if you look at how allergy shots work, you know, you're actually, you know, exposing the body to very small doses of this to try and change the way the body responds to that allergen. hmm that then makes that allergy go away. I think I was probably on that other side. There weren't a lot of medications out when my allergies were so bad that I could take. I was a kid and everything was sedating. All we really had was Benadryl. So there wasn't a lot there to treat those allergies. So it was a lot of suffering. Everything was prescription. And, you know, we just didn't go to the doctors at the drop of a hat for allergy symptoms. But think, that chronic exposure, I think, in that situation for my immune system
0: helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But I think for others, it's that constant exposure and the barraging and, you know, your body just can't keep up with the amount that it's being exposed to. So then the responses just keep getting worse and worse.
0: Boy, I mean, these are such interesting things that you bring up. And it makes me also think of what we've experienced over the course of the last few years, the way that I'm sure COVID has, has complicated these things. Some people with allergies that think, my goodness, it might be COVID. You know, some people with COVID dealing with what they've had to go through also. I'm sure this has been a challenge in the medical field.
1: It has. It's, it's delayed a lot of treatment because people think that it's their allergies and it's not right. and it's COVID, which then also helped to spread. And, and I can't tell you how many people come in and don't want to be tested because it's just my allergies and they're shocked when they find out it's mm-hmm. COVID. So, you know, the overlap between these viral processes and allergies makes it extremely challenging and so how can you tell it's like well a lot of times sometimes you can't right and all you can really do is test and and hope for the best right um you know there are some changes you see when you look in the nose and all of that that again sometimes for someone like me i'm not an allergist i'm an emergency physician i look up a lot of noses every day but some of the subtle differences i might not appreciate that an ear nose and throat specialist would
0: right oh yeah And you had touched upon this, but I'd like to discuss this in a little bit more detail in regard to uh, treatments for adults versus children. You know, children, you know, as I said, I had no issues as a child. I get them as an adult, though. Children, I'm certain, have to be treated differently differently.
1: Yeah, there's a lot more available to them. I think the biggest issue we have with children is that there's n- there's no decongestants, really, that you can use for children. Myself, as a- an emergency physician or an urgent care physician, I don't treat these patients regularly. I don't know them. I'm not going to prescribe something that has the potential to harm them. So, you know, a decongestant, there's no decongestants available over the counter for children. And the problem with that is that with that chronic congestion, that often leads to ear infections because children are more prone with their eustachian tubes still being flat, you know, level with the nose. So that congestion bacteria can just get caught in those ears and they can get an ear infection a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. The adults don't get them quite as often with the chronic congestion. So I think that's probably... For me, when I see children come in and they're, they're the snotty nose, I mean, we can deal with that. You know, there are some antihistamines that you can use in children six months and older. There's always Benadryl. But again, that's sedating for, well, for for adults, it's sedating. For children, it tends to wire them more. So the, sometimes the parents have to be prepared for either reaction. Yeah. Their children could be bouncing off the walls with Benadryl where we're yeah. flat on our back.
0: So mm. wow.
1: there's not a lot to deal with, you know. There are some nasal steroids that you can give to children, you know, once they hit a certain age, but there have been some anecdotal recognizing some growth delay if you use the nasal steroids. So, again, that would not be something that I would prescribe, especially not on a long-term basis, maybe for a week or two, Mm -hmm. it's fine. But chronic use of of that when you have children who have bad allergies and they're going to be on it for months or years is not something that they might recommend. Right you know, that would need to be someone who's going to be following them to follow their growth pattern. So treating children, it is a little bit more of a challenge. Some of the medications coming out, like Tertrazine, which is Zyrtec, has a formulation that is dosed out, for as young as 6 months of age that helps dramatically mm-hmm. that we gives us at least something as right. a parent you feel so helpless that you can't give something to your child to make their symptoms better sure so, you know we're suffering and and yet we can't do anything to help with theirs
0: as an adult one thing that i had to learn too dr fitch you know tell me if i'm just imagining things but i never had as an adult male i never had prostate problems in my life i decide to take some allergy medications, and I swear to you that there was a correlation between some urinary issues that I had and the medications that I was on. Is this something that you've ever heard about?
1: Yeah, you have to be very careful with the antihistamines and decongestants in those with prostate
0: it's like anything else check the medicines to make sure I found to me there's nothing better than that hot compress on on the watery scratchy eyes that is as good as anything
1: (laughs) yep yep there's you know there's a lot of good medications out there but sometimes you know again as we were talking about with the avoidance avoiding the situation by staying inside keeping your windows closed when you do Mm -hmm, go outside mm -hmm. giving your nose a good squirt of some nasal saline which non-addictive no medication You can use it as often as you want, but rinsing those allergens out of your nose when you come inside can help diminish your symptoms a little bit.
0: So where can I find more information about the resources that are out there in regard to seasonal allergies?
1: So the CDC has some information on there, and there's also, you know, if you just Google your seasonal allergies, but look for an accredited website, I got some information from the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. So look for something that ends in .org mm-hmm. that is a nationally accredited medical organization to really give you some information. The one that I got from the .org was actually very good, and it went over things very complete, right down to the allergy shots and different medications and everything. It was a great article. Oh,
0: great. Any parting advice that you have for our listeners in regard to our allergies? And by the way, I believe we're in an area where it is a lot more common than other areas of the world.
1: It is, and that, that was pointed out in the article, and the reason that it was made said Northeast PA, I'm just outside of Scranton, was number, mm-hmm. was number three, and they said it was basically due to the, the pollen counts, the over-the-counter use of medications for allergies, meaning that people aren't using the medications over-the-counter and the number mm-hmm. of allergists that are available
0: mm-hmm.
1: position wise So yeah. that made us very, very high third in the country. So, you know, this, the whole state is, not much different, quite honestly. Right. So it is going to be a bad year. But, Mm. you know, I think talk to your doctor um, if there are any medications that you should avoid with your health conditions. And, you know, sometimes it means switching them up if you've taken one for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've been living on Claritin for four years and it just doesn't seem to be working anymore. Maybe it's not. Maybe Mm. it's time to try a different one for a while and switch it up and see if something works a little bit better.
0: As always, Dr. Fitch, great advice. Always enjoy talking to you. Dr. Nancy Fitch, emergency physician with MedExpress Urgent Care. Hey, thank you so much for your expertise and look forward to our next conversation.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Bo, for having me. Have a great day.